Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, so Brian, are, are you, um, is, was, is the beard new? No, the beard is, okay. I've had it since I was a teenager. Actually, my wife has never seen me um, without one. Uh, I think it's probably just like an abomination under it. So I'm just going to keep I'm it. Just, I know I'm curious because I know a lot of people who have, you know, it's one thing. I mean, look at my hair. It's insane. And I, I apologize for not having quaffed it beforehand. <laughs> but no one watches this. They just hear it. But I don't get there. I know all these guys who are growing beards. I've always had this. Yeah. Joe hasn't. Joe's hair somehow still looks exactly and perfectly Joe, which leads me to believe it's some sort of piece i don't know is that a... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it was it'd be all crooked i know well it would be but uh I, I i get the not cutting your hair i don't get the not shaving because you were shaving because shaving before. is boring that's why people don't shave but you were shaving, they were shaving before the pandemic you don't require there's no danger of you know catching covid from shaving. nobody's gonna see you what's the point you're not shaving who are you shaving for but we're all we're, we're zooming we're constantly zooming <laughs> Yeah, my daughter uses it to like steer now, so it's gonna get ripped out slowly. Have you ever had the thing where you shave your beard and people go, eh? "Oh, that my my wife would hate it," and my daughter has never been alive for no beard, so it would it would be really traumatic. People are just awful. They're like, you get a bad haircut. I don't mind. It's like they go, "Ew, you got a bad haircut." But you shave your beard. It's like this is my face, man. You're telling me. Yeah, I don't I don't have the movie star jawline, so I'm just gonna hide it with. Her. There, there you go. Uh, so it's grooming tips with Brian Duffield this week <laughs> on, uh, on uh, the movies that made me. Um, Brian, thank you for um, for for coming out. Uh, oh, thank you. This is it's coming out. That's news. <laughs> coming out to play. Joe. Oh. Um, but uh, Brian, Brian is a terrific screenwriter. Wrote uh, recent Underwater, The Babysitter, and and its sequel. Uh, um, Famously, if we did a show where we talked about your work, I'd, I'd, I'd want to really dive into JD Got a Gun and all, all that, but you may never want to add them. Anyway, but, <laughs> uh, writer, writer, director, um, your first film as a first feature as a director, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, spontaneous. spontaneous, which is a movie. I will say this. I, um, people who listen know that my wife, Nancy, does not do horror films. And I looked at the trailer and I was like, okay, I'll do this one without her. And I don't. I think it's okay to give away the fact that in the first couple of minutes, a teenager explodes in a geyser of blood. I think it's the um, first nine seconds. Yeah. First nine seconds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is a safe one. Not. And by the time it was over, I thought, God damn it. This Nancy would, she would be crying like a baby at the end of this movie. It is <laughs> warm and lovely and funny and wise. It is the greatest exploding teenager movie ever made. That, oh, I'm gonna put that on. That my is correct. Screen. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. In fact, if we ever have a guest come on and do their ten favorite exploding teenager movies, and this isn't on it, we won't even air the episode. <laughs> they just they are liars. But it's it's a it's a magnificent film, and oh, it's, thank um, you. It's a, it's a it's a very it's a very good film. It's very entertaining. It's very well made, and it, and I think if theaters were still open, uh, it would have been a big hit. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Oh boy. <laughs> We don't even how do I don't know how these things are measured anymore. So I don't think they uh, are. No, I've no one's told me anything about how it's done. Like it's so it's still it's popping up on my iMovie screen as you may enjoy this new movie. So I figured it's yeah. Yeah, well, I these know, these uh, very... these venues don't uh, they don't advertise uh, their um, stats, you know. Uh, uh, even even Netflix doesn't tell people how many people watch. No, yeah. Um, so, so it's it's a, it's a whole new world as far as figuring out whether your movie is successful or not. Yeah, yeah like my only my only metric is Letterboxd, uh, the app where people. Oh, there you log. go. Yeah, sure. If that's the only like I can just see how many people have logged watching the movie. But even then, like a bunch of people will log it and give it like a rating of like one or five stars, and they'll just be like, "I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited <laughs> to." And I'll be like, "That's not." I, so I have no, I have no idea if like a million people have seen it or like twelve. 
Yeah, and even yeah. even even in the stats they do publish, uh, they count anybody who watches it for more than uh, or, or as little as three or four minutes. Yeah, and I think Netflix is a watch. Too, which is the credits. Yeah. yeah. Well, then Netflix also, Netflix also tracks like how long people watch and how they where they pause. It's all very bizarre. It's a brave new world. I know. Which was a big about. reason, you know. That's a big reason why we were like nine seconds in. Someone has to explode because. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll change the channel. At that point, Get it over with. At that point, if like you're counting it as a view, it's like you know, if people know what they're getting into within ten seconds, you know, you're kind of set as opposed to kind of like that. that that's yeah. that's gonna that's gonna change the paradigm for movies if that's if that's getting to be the new metric now, is it's that crazy. you have to you have to grab them in the first you know in the first scene or else they're gonna tune out. But I also, but I also think it's fair. It's like you're also going like if 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 an exploding teenager is gonna scare you away, let's scare you away now. Right. Yeah. It was a weird, it's a, you know, it's like, we joke that it's like the cutest movie about teens dying. Um, and so it was like, well, how, how fast can we convey that so that all of the people that are nervous about watching the movie either can bail right away or can like, yeah. like oh, I can hang. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, God, I, I really can't. It's tonally, it's fascinating too. Cause it's, um, uh, it just, it just doesn't, it, 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 it confounds your expectations and for a movie that starts with geysers of blood. It does not go where you think it's going to go, and that's right. all I'll say. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're a genuine fan and tried to get the music and it was too expensive, probably, or if you were just tossing it in. But as a diehard Springsteen fan, also thank you for that. Um, I try. You know, it's funny. We did try, and then because um, we we made the movie in '18, so it's been a minute. But when we were in post, it was that glut of he had his musical, and then they also had that uh, "Blinded by the Light," movie, right? Which was kind of like a lot a, of music in it. Yeah, they were, so there was they were just kind of like at capacity basically, and then they were like, yeah. you know, but if you if the check was big enough, I'm sure you know you could be an exception. But we did not have big checks on this movie. Yeah, no, he's pretty cool about giving stuff to people with the right film, but I, that would be a tough letter to write. Look, it's a floating teenager's butt. <laughs> yeah, I wrote I wrote a letter and sent a link, but I never we never heard anything. <laughs> ah. Yeah, um, we actually had the writer and the director. We did two episodes uh, of Blinded by the Light a while. Oh, before. cool. They were wonderful. But anyway, I, I love that reference because there was a moment there where I was like, come on, you're not going to do this. And it was like, it paid off. And like, I will give nothing, I will give nothing else away. But it's a great film. Uh, but we Thank don't you. talk about your work. That's not why we're here. We want to know what made you. What are, what are the films? Oh, tell, tell Joe what your um, because we we had a little chat and then you you came up with sort of your your approach to this. And um want to tell Joe what you're going to be walking us through. Oh man, yeah. Well, it's you know, I feel like it's interesting in terms of, um, you know, I, I was raised super conservative and wasn't really allowed to to watch a lot of, of things. And so as I was kind of trying to put together a list of movies, I found like most of them were things that I saw in college because that's when I had access to watch anything I wanted to for the first time in my life. Um, and then I tried not to pick like all like the obvious movies or like the movies you guys have done that were very influential. Um, cause I feel like that, you know, I don't want to suck up to you guys too much. <laughs> we're going to start with Kane and then we're going to do seven samurai. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mandy. <laughs> You'll always get points bringing up Mandy. That's true. Yeah. But, um, I, I think for me it was, you know, I think after we talked Josh and we were kind of talking about that, that ambitious kind of thing, you know, and. I think because the movie we made the movie two years ago, and it's only coming out now. I've had like this weird self-reflective period where a couple of people have asked me like, why I didn't make an easier movie as my first movie, um, as opposed to like the movie where forty kids violently die. Um, that also is cute. Um, is it only forty? I feel like it's, I think it's a little less, but hmm. I think it actually says in the movie. I, I haven't seen it for a while now, so I can't remember. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but um, I think you know. I think for me, it was like the movies that really swung hard um, mm -hmm. were the ones that I feel like have really gotten stuck inside of me and have really, um, I'm trying to think what the right word, like in, they're, they're the movies that like really inspire me to keep doing the, the crazy shit I, I do. And so, yeah, I, so I tried to come up with a list of movies that were off the beaten path that have really, I think, made me who I am, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a premise for a show. <laughs> um, actually, I was going to, uh, I don't know if people ever do this, but the first movie I was going to 
bring up actually just came out this week because I felt like it really exemplified that and I got I'm just super high on um bad hair uh, that Justin Simeon just made. Hi. You're not tenderheaded, are you? I'll be fine. Clients wear the stuff is magic. You know, in some parts of India, a woman's hair is her most prized possession. You can't bear to see yourself the way nature would have you. And you scoff at us and our superstitions. Well, those superstitions are in fact tributaries leading to rivers of truth about what you really are. And who you might have been. Oh, yeah, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, it, it, uh... Oh, good. I, I was nervous. I was just going to be like all movies that everyone had seen. So I felt like if I picked one movie that had just come out, um, I, I might get away with something. But um... I mean, we, we, we walk a funny line here. On the one hand, we're sort of interested in finding out what inspired the people we bring on. But we also want to make sure that, um, you know, it's an old song and dance here. But in the absence of any kind of, you know, there, there's nothing. There's just a billion movies are thrown out there. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have folks kind of help point them in a good direction. So cool. Yeah, no, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you liked it. I've, 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 you know, it's one of those movies that you're like, oh God, I, I, I hope it's as good as it could be. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's like, I think my favorite reactions to spontaneous have been when people tell me that they were sure it was going to suck mm-hmm. um, <laughs> based on like the log line. And then they're like, but then like five minutes in, I thought, whoa, it's really good. And then I was, you know, it's all that kind of thing. And I feel like um, bad hair exemplifies that so well because it's about a killer weave. Yes, <laughs> um, which is on on its face absolutely you know ridiculous, but the movie is so good. I think Justin's such a, a incredible director, and it talks all about race and class, and you know he just crams so much into this movie about a weave that is thirsty for blood. Um, and uh, he shot it on Super Sixteen, so it, that oh, cool. feels really fresh and exciting. To, yeah watch a movie that was shot on super 16 that came out this year film, film. i know where did um, you get it <laughs> <laughs> he's got a hit netflix show he's doing fine um but that was something that i was like i got really excited that feeling like you're 10 minutes into a movie and you realize it's not gonna suck it's gonna be really great and it's such a wild swing that it felt to me like he really hit it out of the park don't don't you worry like, though i try very hard I never say this when I'm watching a film with somebody and I try never to even think it if I can, but I find if I'm like halfway through a film and I'm going, Oh my God, this is good, so good. I never let myself think and, and it will continue to be good because the instant I enunciate that thought, mm-hmm. it just, it goes out. Yeah. Of the window. I'm so terrified of like getting excited before the film's over. Yeah. I totally get that. I think for me, it's like that sweet spot of like when it's a movie that should not be good and yeah. it's suddenly you're like not only is it watchable but this is really strong i feel like that's when i feel like he's they've, he's already kind of beaten right. the goal yeah um so i feel like i'm already like this is already so much better than i could have hoped for so even if it dives you know it's still it's oh, still good point. and it, it doesn't have a really strong ending yeah. um and i feel like that was like a movie where Kind of, yeah, they kind of exemplified like all the things that made me excited, that make me the most excited about movies, um, where it's things that it feels like no one else but Justin could have made, um, and it's such a big wild swing, and he just he just knocks it out of the park. And so I was I watched it after we talked, Josh, and I was like, well, this one kind of feels like it, it slides right in. Oh, um, it's not, it's not out yet, is it? It, it just oh, it just came out this week on Hulu. Oh, fantastic! Okay, yeah. Great everyone can everyone can watch a beautiful super 16 movie on hulu just the way god intended. is it here here i'll completely take advantage of the fact that is it is it like is it scary scary is it um it's can like, my non-horror movie loving wife watch it or is this what i'm doing you know she probably wouldn't love it okay okay um <laughs> but it has like a great like tales from the crypt kind of vibe to it um like it, it like i i don't love the word campy but there's like an element to it where it's 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 kind of fun it's set in the late 80s and justin the whole soundtrack is like original songs that justin also did like music videos for he's in one of the music videos as like a rapper and they're all like as legit 
looking and sounding as possible. Awesome. It has like this really great um, energy and, and vibe to it. But you know, it's it's also this weed it is awesome. killing people. Okay, um, <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> like there's a weave off at one point, which is um, so you know to describe it, it sounds so ridiculous about like two women's weaves like screaming at each other and then but in the context of the movie it's really delightful and Wait, so there's a battle of weaves it's a great movie it's I'm, like I'm, it really, <laughs> really it goes big um fantastic and so that's that's something that really has excited me in the last couple of days yeah oh, awesome yeah Joey, do i just keep rattling off give, give us another one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got one that's a little older i don't know or you want to start at the beginning yeah, well, or I, i'm nervous I, I tried to make mostly movies that um, people could find. And this one is hard to find. You can find like chunks of it on YouTube and it's little murders that Alan Arkin directed. Life is full of little problems. Creep. Little annoyances. Little irritations. Police emergency, Sergeant Kirshner. One moment. Little pains, little setbacks. You don't have to if you don't want to. And little disappointments. Why not? I don't feel like it. I'll tell you when I feel like it. This is Alfred. Life is full of countless small situations that you either learn to live with or you go bananas. <laughs> Kenny's the comedian around here. Is there something the matter with your face? Is there? Alfred's always getting beat up. Fortunately, most of these problems can be solved. Unless, of course, the problem is permanent. Who got it this time? No, I don't know. It was in the other wing. You could have been killed. I get shot at every day. Jules Pfeiffer's first play is now director Alan Arkin's first film. Every crime has its own pattern of logic. If everything is so hopeless, well, why do anything? Okay. Why get married? Well, you said you wanted to. There's a British Blu-ray from, I believe, Arrow. Oh, it's um, too bad. It's like, it's funny. I it went on my list right away, and in my head, um, I always thought that I, I went to Temple University in Philadelphia. One of my professors was Paul Silbert, the production designer, um, who uh, won an Oscar for Heaven Can Wait, the Warren Beatty film, has, did a bunch of movies. And I thought until hours ago that he had showed the movie because his class was every week. He just showed a different one of his movies and then bitched about it for a week. Um, <laughs> and it was great. Um, and I'd always thought that... I, that's where I had, I had seen Little Murders and it was like a really formative movie for me. Um, and then I realized last night that he did not do Little Murders. So I have no, my, all of my memories about how I, I saw it are incorrect. Huh. Um, I apologize, by the way, it's, a, it's an indicator, right? Not Arrow. Um, yeah, worth, if you have an all-region player, it's worth tracking down. So yeah, it's really great. Jules Pfeiffer wrote the play right after um, the, the Kennedy assassination. Um, and it's the the tone of it is unlike anything else. Like I think no one could possibly make it today because it's about um, there's a at least one sniper kind of running rampant across New York City, um, and no one seems to really care um, as it has these people are just murdering everybody. And um, this family kind of takes in this woman kind of meets Elliot Gould, who is um, kind of oblivious. Oh. Sorry, uh, kind of impervious to pain, um, and he likes to get beat up. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like the weirdest tonal movie, and it felt especially now during like COVID times. You know, it's about like the family like put like metal gates up on their windows so they can't get shot. Um, but when people do get shot, it's it's very like normal. Like at one point, Elliot Gould's walking and around New York City covered in blood, and no one notices or cares. Oh, well, you um, should point out for the audience who haven't seen the film, it is a comedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's probably the darkest ending of a movie ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, to, not to ruin it, um, but uh, it's as, as pitch black of an ending as I've ever seen. And I remember seeing it, um, and it really uh, affected me because it it's that kind of thing where you're like, I didn't know you could do that in movies. 
and it it's become like I'm sure there's a, a period of time and part of the reason why it probably hasn't gotten like a really proper release is it probably became incredibly offensive um for a while <laughs> just because of the gun content and then it was funny because for I can't I, I thought of it again because for a while we were trying to figure out who was going to distribute um spontaneous um which has no snipers in it I, I should point out but one of the streamers were like oh we really like the movie but we would love the movie if Brian added like a sniper to it um and we we're like we we're like what? what the fuck um and they were like yeah like do you think that's something that brian could do so it's like really hitting like the the school shooting allegory on 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 the head um and how is, I was it, like, how is it an allegory about school shootings if it's about school shootings i don't know it made me think i was like it's not an allegory it made me think of little murders and how like just insane spontaneous would have become if it was more yeah. like little murders um uh and yeah but like it again it's it's totally something i i felt like it's so um alien to what people would expect and it, it's really hard to to find but it's really worth checking out and like uh donald sutherland has i think the thing people remember the oh. most about it is donald sutherland has yes. like a bizarre monologue where he's marrying um two characters and doesn't believe in marriage and just kind of loses his mind while he's so pairing these people and like that clip is all over youtube um but i mean it's got like every you know elliot gould donald sutherland alan arkin there's so many of those uh heavy hitters in it um and that one that was something that really stuck out to me um in my formative younger years i guess how did anyone get to make this movie because it's it's so nutty and especially now it just feels um you know, if I, I had trouble with spontaneous blood content, I think we're a pretty harmless movie, let alone what Little Murders did in the 70s, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think the the, the key difference, because it's funny, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, God, yeah, is that Little Murders is a very dark film, finally, in the end. Oh, yeah. And if I can uh, avoid giving anything away, spontaneous turns out to be uh, very sort of positive and life-affirming, which... Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you get the sense that the end of Little Murders that if the entire audience committed suicide, Jules Pfeiffer would be okay with that. Whereas, oh, yeah. uh, that, that oh, is absolutely. not the feeling you come away from. But, but I, Little Joe, Little Murders was a flop, I think, wasn't it? It was a flop. It was a huge, it was a huge flop. flop. Yeah, yeah. But it was, but it's a, it's a very interesting movie, and nobody has talked about it on our show. Yeah, yeah. All right. I and by the way, that. I did not see it during my brief tenure at Temple University, but I did see it at the TLA on South Street back when it was a movie theater. Oh, you went to Temple? No, oh, yeah. A couple years. A couple know. years. I did. And I went to um, Philadelphia College and, of Art. And Joe was kind of, yeah. Oh, man. Look at us. Philly yeah. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> different, different times. We None of us wanted to do it. More, more interesting city, I think. Yeah. But, uh, uh, wow. So what you cool. got next? Yeah. That's a good one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, man, what do I got next? Um. Oh, another movie uh, that I have that I felt like um, I might be the only person that likes this movie, but it, the tone of it uh, really stuck out to me was Bob Balaban's My Boyfriend's Back. They say when you're dead, you're dead. They say you only get one chance at life. But for childhood sweethearts, Missy and Johnny, true love will never die. He came back from the dead for me. God, my boyfriend won't even pump gas for me. By God, if it ain't a zombie out with a living woman. What do you have against Johnny besides the fact that he's dead? He's a stinking zombie, you idiot. I remember growing up um, and seeing commercials for it and not being allowed to go see it. Um, And then I can't remember. I think I might have been in high school when I I finally saw it. and it's about uh, a high school boy who is in love with a pretty girl. And this part hasn't aged well, but he decides to stage a, uh, 
a mugging at a 7-Eleven so he can heroically save her. Um, and then unbeknownst to him, an actual mugger comes in and he stands up to the mugger and gets shot. Um, and as he's dying, um, he asks the girl if she'll go to prom with him and she says yes. And that is enough of a uh, incentive for him to return from the dead um, a couple of days later and go back to high school so he can take the girl of his dreams to the prom. Um, and it's like, it's a really weird tone because as soon as he like gets out of the grave, he goes home and his parents are, the reactions are just like, Oh, he's back. Like, great. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I know ba- Balaban did uh, Parents, which is a much, yeah. is also super weird kind Pretty of weird horror film. film. Yeah. And, and I don't think My Boyfriend's Back is a horror film. Like, I don't know what exactly it is. Like, it's a zombie movie and, um, there's, you know, other students get eaten, but like the tone of it is um, so light and kind of oblivious to the fact that it's a horror. Like, it feels like, everything about it was made wrong to be a horror film. So it feels like it's this kind of strange mishmash of, of things, but that's something that always um, stood out to me that, you know, he made this high school movie with like a dead kid and then no one cares that he's dead. They just care that he's a zombie and he's not like everybody else. And the cast is bizarre where the leads are, I'm not really familiar with anything else they've done, but like the supporting, like the bullies are Philip Seymour Hoffman and Matthew Fox as babies. Oh wow! Um, and Matthew McConaughey is like an extra in the background, so it's like <laughs> this weird kind of mismatch. And obviously, Bob Balaban's a legend in his own right. Yeah. Um, and his his, I mean, everything. I his book on Close Encounters is one of my favorite um, making of books too. Um, but that for me totally was like a a really interesting movie, especially with spontaneous. And we went like a different direction, I think, with how kids are dying. But you know, there's this guy who's just eating his fellow classmates. And again, there's like that kind of like, Oh no, like he ate Phil kind of <laughs> quality to it. That's really, that's really bizarre and interesting. And then, but at the quarter, the heart of it, it has like this really sweet kind of thing about this guy who's finally able to like, you know, go to a dance with the girl of his dreams. And he's just like, I'm not going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I go to that dance. Even if I'm decomposing uh, the whole time I'm there. Um, so that was that was another it's one. So much I I barely remember that one. It um you, have you seen it, Joe? Or it, it it came and went. Yeah, I don't, yeah. But but uh, already I'm starting to see uh, uh there's sort of intersections here, which is which it's is very interesting. A lot of death. <laughs> but but a lot of I don't want to see the wrong. I guess the un, a lot of unusual responses to death. I would say. Yeah, I think, and I think for me it was just like that. You know, coming off of spontaneous. Um, it was that that feeling of um you know other movies you know because it was tough like you know i i couldn't find a lot of source materials to be inspired by for spontaneous because it was so specifically what it is and then i felt like i had like this list of things that i didn't want it to be like but there were things that i loved and stuff like my boyfriend's back where it has such a um um like a slightly similar vibe to heather's um in terms of like how death isn't quite as serious as it could be otherwise mm-hmm. um but the, i think my boyfriend's back takes that like to the extreme where like you know it's like he comes out of the grave and like sits at his breakfast table and his parents are just like oh how about that like it's it's so um blank of a of an emotional reaction to it that it, it becomes really for me really interesting even though it, there's an element where it just kind of feels like everyone did the wrong thing right um which i also find really intoxicating and, and strange um that's so, awesome. I hope, hopefully, I'm picking movies that you guys don't hear every day. Yeah, yeah you're, you're doing great so far. Oh, good. Cool. <laughs> Bat in a thousand. Um, next up, Susan Kane. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, what's the um, next one? Oh, I'll go. Next one I have is uh, Kira Nico um, from uh, Kanedo Shindo, um, who did Onibaba. Uh, oh great it's fantastic uh it's like a it's like a really fantastic japanese ghost story um about it starts off with a a mother and her daughter-in-law are uh off screen but raped and and murdered by a, a group of bandits um as 
the the son and slash husband is away fighting in a in a in a war. Um, at the same time, the husband kind of accidentally kills a top general um, on the opposing side and gets promoted um, and gets all this acclaim and quickly gets sent on the task as a as a new samurai that there are spirits um, murdering samurai in the woods and he needs to go um, deal with the spirits and very quickly realizes it's the spirits of his mother and wife um, that are out in the woods having made a deal with the underworld um, that if they kill samurai, they could continue to live um, or as spirits on earth. Um, but emotionally, the spirits, like his wife recognizes him and is excited to see him and his mother is the same. Um, and it's just gorgeous. It's, you know, black and white. Um, I feel like Onibaba gets all of that director's uh, attention, but Criterion put out a, a great disc of, of Kuroniko. Um, and that feels like one of those great uh, Halloween horror movies that has a lot of heart and a lot of substance, but is also really freaky and weird. Um, and maybe one of the best looking horror movies I've ever seen. It mm. just is like just gorgeous to look at. And the filmmaking is really cool and inventive. Um, right, may I assume it's in scope? It's widescreen. I can't remember. I think it's telescope. Yeah. I think it's uh, certain, certain love, parties. Love scope. Some yeah. parties love black and white scope films more than yeah. It's from '68, um, so I, that sounds right. I'd have to. Do you know the movie, Joe? Yeah, I do, and uh, I it's I saw it in uh, I I think I saw it when I was originally released. It actually did have an American release, and uh, apparently the uh, the Japanese were were strictly um, four by three until about 1958 or 59, when they suddenly discovered scope, and then yeah. everything was in scope. All Kurosawa's pictures were in scope. I mean, all the Godzilla pictures were in scope. I mean, everything was in scope. They love scope. Uh, and black and white scope, as I have often said, is my favorite format. Yeah, it's really, you'll, you'll love it, Josh. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm, I will seek it out. And it's oh, eminently gettable since it's on Criterion. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, they're, you know, doing the Lord's work. I wish they put out like a great little murders thing because I feel like if things don't, like you can't rent it on that movie on digital or anything. And I feel like there's like that wormhole. So many of those great, you know, little movies are kind of evaporating down. As... Well, some of the, some of them are actually intentionally suppressed. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, like like, like <laughs> yeah. the devils, you know, yeah. Uh, Warner brothers just hates the devils and, and uh, they, they stymied every opportunity and every possibility for it to get reconstituted and re-released. And it's because there's a, a corporate, bias against the movie and um and little murders was no more popular with fox than uh, yeah so i assume disney owned little murders now so well yeah but all the fox movies that disney owns are like they're just like going in a black hole somewhere yeah it's it's scary thank god Um, for the brits because i mean between like arrow and indicator you know they're keeping a lot of those movies alive yeah um, yeah yeah well speaking of warner brothers hating another (laughs) movie uh i'll bring up uh jonathan glazer's birth you know that I loved Sean, you know, so much. It's taken me this long, and I can't get him out of my system. I can't. Too many memories. I understand that this is going to sound crazy. I've met somebody who, uh, who seems to be Sean. Am I to understand that 10-year-old boy told you he was your late husband, Sean. He said, it's me, Sean. What am I supposed to think? (laughs) He's back. What do you want? You'll be making a big mistake if you marry Joseph. There's a boy this tall who wants to marry my fiance. Nicole Kidman, um, which has always stuck with me, A, because I think he's one of the best filmmakers alive, but it was also my first Netflix disc, um, which I feel like... (laughs) Yes, back back in the early days. Yeah, which I feel like for me it was like that kind of uh, seminal moment where I was like, oh, I, like I had like a credit card and I could finally like, like I, I grew up in Ireland. Um, my parents are evangelical missionaries. And so like the access to movies was really limited. Hmm. Um, 
because you know I, I couldn't drive and then it was like you could find like a video rental place but that was hard and I didn't have like a credit card as a kid so it was hard to rent things um so I remember the concept of Netflix had such like a luster as like oh it just comes in the mail like I don't need a car and I can just watch anything and birth was the first thing uh I got it was like birth and like the first disc of angels in America um the Mike Nichols uh thing and I remember birth was a movie I was really interested in seeing and I couldn't get anyone to go see it with me because of the the famous bathtub controversy where Nicole Kidman shares a bathtub oh, right with, with the child yeah the child who is her reincarnated husband yes. um and uh, I thought about Birth a lot while making Spontaneous because I think it's one of the best movies of that decade and just an incredible um, movie. But it reminded me of how like sometimes like a scene can kind of get a life of its own and kind of derail an entire movie for no fault of, of Glazers. Um, but, you know, making the movie where 40 kids die, I was very conscientious of like, how do I not have like the offensive scene right. where, um, you know, I just get like, I have a lot of anti-Trump stuff in the movie, so I was expecting that part of like the the Fox News watching tirade, but I didn't want like the like unfair controversy. Right. <laughs> I guess that birth kind of got. Um, it's it's all right to murder forty teenagers. You just can't show them engaging in any kind of carnal pleasure. I know. Well, kind <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I saw Birth with uh, my pal Dan Waters, who's been on the show, wrote Heather's, and he 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 loves that sort of thing. I remember. We had a huge fight afterwards because I loved Sexy Beast and uh, was not taken with birth, but I've since, but Under the Skin killed me yeah. too. And I figure if like the movie before and the movie after are so good, I, I need to go back to birth and give it another shot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think Under the Skin is my favorite of his movies, but birth is, is, I think it's really tremendous. And I think Nicole Kidman is, is incredible in it. And I think it's score is really, um, just gorgeous and, and special. And I think it's one of those movies that because of the controversy, I don't think it ever even got like a Blu-ray release, which is crazy because it's not that old of a movie. Um, and, um, or if it did, it's just very hard to kind of come across now. Um, and that was always a movie where like, again, like that kind of the pitch of Nicole Kidman's dead husband could be like a, a nine-year-old boy who is trying to like woo her back, you know, could for a lot of people probably is like the worst sounding movie ever made, but um, <laughs> I think the emotion, the emotionality of, of it, like you really, for me, you can really feel how it's, it's tearing um, Nicole Kidman's heart apart. as She's trying to like build onto her new life and has like this other life kind of bizarrely trying to get back into her life. Um, and so just how, delicate and serious glazer took such a outlandish and potentially really offensive or, or hokey concept has always really um burrowed its way into me yeah, yeah. interesting are you are you a fan joe or um birth uh it was i thought it was interesting i didn't i didn't think it quite worked but i haven't seen it since it came out yeah, no, I may I may have to give it. Yeah, I was just checking. It doesn't seem to be Blu-ray. It is at least uh, streaming on in HD because it's a gorgeous film, of course. Like all. Yeah, yeah. He knows <clears> how to <throat> make movies. That guy. Yeah. Oh man, I'm trying to look at my my list about what else to bring up. Oh, uh, to get, go along with um, just crazy movies that shouldn't work, but that really um, kind of hit me between the eyes when I moved out to LA. One the, the first. Um, Filmmakers I got to, to know that were kind of in like our couch surfing um, age group were, were the Daniels who made Swiss Army Man. Radcliffe corpse movie mm-hmm. um which i've still never seen so sell me on it i have yet to see it 
oh man, I'm I'm killing the game with with unseen. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's the goofiest uh, premise corpse movie. Oh, yeah, there is the goofiest farting corpse movie ever. Um, whereas, and it gives me you know it's like I can do the spontaneous combustion movie and fine if you know they got away with doing like the farting corpse movie. Um, but it's like this really beautiful story about this Paul Dano plays a living uh, man named Hank who is trying to end his own life when he finds a corpse um, and starts this bizarre friendship with Daniel Radcliffe's corpse, which Paul Dano names uh, Manny, um, as they kind of reevaluate each other's lives, kind of Radcliffe having already been dead now and then Dano being suicidal. Um, And they kind of develop this very beautiful, emotional friendship. Um, I remember talking with the guys like before his Sundance um, and they were like, yeah, it's the movie where like you're, we're trying to make people cry with farts. Um, and, you know, it sounds so ridiculous and it probably doesn't work for a lot of people. And I remember when it premiered at Sundance, a bunch of people like walked out like minutes into the movie as, as Paul Dano is writing uh, Daniel Radcliffe's farting corpse through the ocean. Like it's the speedboat. Um, so definitely not for everybody. <laughs> um, I feel like then, I've like, seen that scene in another movie somewhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> very off copy. Um, but it being the kind of thing where um, uh, they, I, for me, they really nailed the emotion of it. And it was something that, again, was really formative for me because they were like the first people that I knew that were kind of of, of my group that went off and made something and then made something as ridiculous as swiss army man is and then for me just really nailed the the movie like it was my favorite movie the year it came out um and again because it was something that i had never seen anything like it and i won't see anything like it again <laughs> um but just that idea of like i remember when they were like at the sundance labs like they were talking about like you know we really it's like it's kind of like a a dare you, you give yourself about like how can we have like an audience like cry because like a fart was so um emotionally resonant um and it just felt like you know as far as like lofty goals go for them to like take that on as their first movie it, it gave me like a lot of um i guess peace and confidence because nothing in my movie is anywhere near as outlandish or hard to pull off as as anything in swiss army man um so that was that was a big a big movie for me um so yeah you should see <laughs> It's, it's, it, it goes higher up on the list now. Coming up for, I would be shocked. I have a Cronenberg movie coming up, so I'd be shocked if you didn't see that. Uh, probably um, have. Although, I, okay, I, I bet you've picked one of the two I haven't. Um, and let me guess, is Paddington 2 on your list? No Paddington 2. Damn it. Okay, I guess I'm not in line. I don't understand where you're going. But my, my Cronenberg was the brood. They come from the unknown, and they're here now, hiding, waiting to strike. You can feel their presence all around you. Never before have you come this close to the edge of terror. Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Because I think for a while that one was a hard movie to find, and now I feel like in the last couple of years it's kind of really come back. Um, yeah, it was it was out of it was out of circulation for. A yeah, while. I think Criterion because, saved that yeah. one a little bit too. And they and they oh. put it back. They they put it back together because the MPAA had its uh, had its hands on it for a while, and David and I went back in and put in all the things that they had cut out before a picture was released. Uh, which is a, a typical ploy that filmmakers used to do at the MPAA because they didn't they didn't have their own moviola, so they would give you a list of cuts and you'd go in and you'd make the cuts and you'd show it to them and they'd say fine and then you go back and you'd put all the cuts back in and release the movie and they'd never know because there were no film buffs working there and so nobody ever went and saw that it, I mean I, I would say thirty percent of the pictures that they cut. Uh, were released with all the cuts Fantastic. put back by various distributors. <laughs> that makes me so happy. But so, did you work on the that <laughs> cut of the brood? I was at New World when when uh, oh when sure was doing, and they were distributing it. 
So we, we went through it and it was how many hammer blows can there it was it was there was very specific about how many hammer blows we could have and uh, and and of course they were they were botching it all up. So we just we just made a terrible hash out of it and showed it to them and they said fine and then we put it all back together. That's amazing. Such a good movie too. It is, yeah, and it's again it's like one of the and Cronenberg was like a big directorial inspiration on spontaneous for obvious reasons. But I also you know the way he directs like it's it's so matter of fact like it's just like mm-hmm. here's the shot like I'm not doing any kind of crazy camera stuff or anything like that it's just like but it's also a movie where we're like oh yeah well she's gonna manifest these little rage babies to like go after the people that her husband knows which again sounds as as ridiculous of a concept um as possible but it's such it's one of the most i remember i saw it for the first time like right after a breakup and it was like as you know laser focused of a movie to watch at that moment that's what he was going through when he made it yeah Right, yeah. yeah. It was his, his repast to Kramer versus Kramer. Well, which came out, I mean, <laughs> which came out the same year, though. So I think it's, uh, I know David. And I, I like him. David believes firmly that The Brood is a much more serious adult film about divorce than Kramer. And I, I completely agree. Um, I think it's, it's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Wait, so he, but he hadn't seen Kramer when he did The Brood, right? It was just like that coincidental thing. I, he couldn't, he couldn't have, could he? Because there, unless it was. I don't know why, because we got it late, so I don't know when he actually shot it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it came out in 79, and uh, Kramer came out in 79. But, so probably uh, not then. Yeah. But I know he, he does, he does, whenever it comes up, he gets, he gets, uh, he gets very, very agitated, because, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem with, with, you know, any genre thing. It's like, you, 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 you make that great film about a subject, and then you vary it a little bit in metaphor and so forth, and the movie that just comes out and deals with the subject literally gets the accolades, and, I know. but, you know, years later, yeah, I don't see the criteria in Kramer versus Kramer, you know. <laughs> no. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, didn't they just they had it on their uh their streaming horror film thing recently? Yeah, it was uh, great. One of their, which is still the weirdest thing. There was somebody we talked about each other, there's a great cartoon of a guy sitting in a t-shirt with a beer uh in one picture, and the next one he's wearing a tuxedo and sipping from a champagne glass. It says me watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, me watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the Criterion channel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now it's respectable. Yeah, I know. God, God help us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yeah, as I, someone who was trying to make like baby's first Cronenberg, um, I I went and watched baby's first Cronenberg <laughs> movies yeah. again. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think the, I think my favorite's the the fly, but the brood is is way up there as just yeah. like I don't know how he pulled. I don't know how he pulls off any of what he pulls off. Like, I feel like, you know, and then even like, like your movie with him, Josh, it's like such a like stealth Cronenberg movie, which is so special and wonderful too, where he's kind of like lures you into like, Oh, it's a normal thriller. And then just like Cronenberg's out. And it's so, it's so great. It's, uh, yeah. Although there are no mutations. There is no, there's no body horror, but we, we, we struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> If I had one complaint, it's there's yeah, there's yeah. no mutations, but it, it's a classic. Ah. Um, I, I might be. Am I running out of titles? Only you know. Yeah, I, we, <laughs> I know. we we can't see what you're looking at there. Oh, okay. I I, I, have to, I found him. Um, uh, Ryan Johnson's Brick was a real uh nuclear bomb movie for for me. Brendan. Mm-hmm. I really screwed up. Screwed up how? The brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me. Slow down now. This isn't good? No. Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink. Like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you gonna do? She asked for my help. I just wanna know she's okay. So what's first? I'm gonna start shaking things up. I feel like I can see that movie kind of all over spontaneous in, in, in a weird way too, where I remember, again, like that was a movie where I back kind of pre streamer, like I heard about it for so long about how he did like a, a like a hard boiled detective movie in a high school. And it sounded like the coolest idea ever. And I, I think it was like a good year plus before I could get a chance to see it. And then I saw it and I, I, 
I loved it. And I watched it a bunch of, of times and just the way he mashed up the genre of a high school movie with this completely other movie that you wouldn't necessarily think they were um, combat or um, complimentary, but they really were. And that was something I really took to heart on Spontaneous where our, our pitch when we were setting the movie up was that it was a John Hughes movie that a drunken Cronenberg crashed the set and like stole the camera and, and started filming. Um, and so like that kind of really wild mashup of two different things in that kind of cocktail of um, making something very new by following the tropes of, of two different genres and, and all those kind of genre trappings. That was really um, exciting and, and infectious to me. And I can kind of see when that movie hit me and then kind of all the like little spider webs out from that point too. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's great. <laughs> I saw yeah. it when it came out. It was, I remember it being pretty good. I haven't seen it since. It's, I'm actually weirdly, I'm the, I'm the guy, I like the, uh, well, I love Knives Out. Um, yeah. And, and Catherine, uh, my lead from Spontaneous, got, is in Knives Out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I remember she, she texted me and was like, oh, I just booked this movie called Knives Out. And I, I think I sent her, when I first moved out to LA, there was like a 10th anniversary brick screen. There was some kind of anniversary brick screening at a theater that's no longer um, open anymore. Um, and I went and I got like him to sign, like I have like a signed brick poster from like 2008, I guess. And um, so it wouldn't have been 10, maybe it was like five years or something. Um, and uh, I sent it to her and I was just like, I'm so, I could not be more excited that you're working with Ryan Johnson after working with me. <laughs> so I think, I think she got the better end of it, that deal, but I was really, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that gets us more hate mail than anything we've ever done on this show. Joe, are you, are you up for that? Oh boy. Uh, I, I, um, Ryan Johnson's star Wars movie is the first star Wars movie. I actually liked since empire strikes back. Ooh, why, why would that be controversial? Hey, people are outraged. You know, you can't diss any of the prequels or sequels. Or you can't. Since well, when? I, I like First Awakens. Joe, Joe, just never go on the internet. That's all I'm saying. Stay oh, far away from the internet. <laughs> I just, I just remember when Phantom uh, Empire came out. It was like everybody hated it. Yeah, that's the uh, your your your. It's that's been rewritten. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get canceled now. You're you're supposed to you're you should have expressed outrage at what I just said because sorry, they love all of them. And, and, was the, that was the last good one. Last good one, and but apparently <laughs> apparently Ryan Johnson's was some sort of was such an abomination to them that uh, they felt it needed to be canceled. I don't even get it. I saw it with my nine year old niece. We both loved it, and and then there was all this outrage. And yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'll know. give you I'll give you outrage, baby Yoda. <laughs> totally stolen nice. from his mouth. I mean, I, I, they should be sending me money. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh wow! Oh, I just big... got your uh, the Twelve Days of Gizmo Christmas, oh, yeah. whatever like the new kids yeah. book is. Um, yeah. and I, we haven't opened it yet, but I'm 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 extremely excited. Too. Yeah, there's the there's the kids book, and then there's going to be the uh, animated series, which is I guess on HBO Max. And yeah, my daughter doesn't January. know the amount of gremlins that's about to be in her life. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But I'm That's, extremely yeah. excited about that. Um, you know, what happens if you put if Baby Yoda gets wet? Have they explained that yet? I don't know. I don't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we get hate mail. Brian, definitely don't respond to any of this one way or the other. You don't <laughs> want to endorse the terrible, terrible views that are being espoused here. Uh, what's What's next on your? Oh man, I don't, I don't think I have too many left. Um, another movie that made me i guess was heavenly creatures the peter jackson oh yeah movie. right and left and right and left can i have another look Decided how sad it is for other people that they cannot appreciate our genius. Um, I think like everyone my age, like Lord of the Rings 
was huge. Um, and it incidentally kind of made me want to go look at, watch all of his other movies, but I didn't have access to them. Oh, so you came up. Um, until later, I remember watching Heavenly Creatures and being a Kate Winslet fan um, and then instantly becoming a Melanie Linsky fan. Yeah. Um, and then just the way he took something so dark and awful and for a huge part of that movie makes it so, um, like those girls are so lovable and their relationship is so um, empathetic and, and, and lovely that by the time you kind of get to that awful ending, like you really, I think it's one of the few movies about murder where I, I feel like I, I get it um, in a weird way that makes me question my sanity, um, mm -hmm. I guess. But I think it's such a, um, just the way he treats those actors in, in that movie, it's always really stuck with me um, in terms of how to portray actors that are maybe doing sketchy things in, in my own things um uh and that yeah that was just, and then just how he you know tells the story to, that really gets you into those girls um mindset and that that point of view is it's so creative and and so cool um and I remember there was there was all this i mean people were freaked out and, you know, very startled when he got when he got lord of the rings and and i remember and i know this was some of the thinking that went into it i found out later but you know, if you see Dead Alive, yeah, before that, and then you see Heavenly Creatures, you you walk out going, "This guy can do anything." I mean, it's yeah. just you would just hand him the keys to pretty much anything if, if you can encompass. Oh, and it's hard, and he's the same guy who made Meet the Feebles. Yeah, I mean, you you see this this body of work, and it's like, is there nothing he can't? Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I would yeah. give anything to see him just make like a two hundred thousand dollar horror movie yes. again. He made all the money you can make, and so it's just like you know, I'd love to just seem like. Do something disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah those movies go, go so, back to those roots those movies are so great and then like yeah and then like in like that you know his all that kind of gross out horror and then emily creatures being you know like a prestige movie but still having all of that although those like he didn't compromise himself yeah or it's tried to like an oscar kind of thing like it's like oh it's it's definitely that guy and he just utilized all those tools for a very different kind of story and like discovered like two of like the absolute best actresses working still yeah, yeah um yeah. and just it's such a wonderful movie yeah um i love it uh and then I, yeah my la my last movie uh is i assume you've seen this one too uh is adam's family of values <laughs> Nurse, how close are the contractions? Every 15 seconds, Doctor. Are you in unbearable pain? My darling, is it torture? Oui. <laughs> Forceps. Forceps. <laughs> Gomez! What news? Father, what is it? It's an Adams. <laughs> he has my father's eyes. Gomez, take those out of his mouth. He's an adorable little baby. Fine. Rub it in. Children, why do you hate the baby? We don't hate him. We just want to play with him. Especially his head. You'll meet someone, someone very special. Someone who won't press charges. <gasps> Isn't he a lady killer? Acquitted. Women must follow you everywhere. Store detectives. And the stork flew down from heaven and turned into a baby. Our parents had sex. Okay, that's now we're now we're talking. Now we're now we're that's that's left field. Did not see that coming. Criterion Collection. It's like one of those movies that like I wouldn't have in my top ten for a long time because I was trying to like have the respected titles. And then a couple of years ago, I just finally gave up. And I feel like it's just continuously moving up my top 10. I'm probably like the only person like I've ever voted for AFI that will vote for Adam's family values. Um, but I'm fine with that. Um, it's It's been so long. I, basically, all I remember is being pleasantly surprised that it was at least as good as the original, which I thought was pretty fun. But, yeah, no, I like it. Um, I like it more for a couple of reasons. I, firstly, I think Joan Cusack 
as one of the all-time best. I think all the Adamses are like the one of some of the best comedic performances yeah. ever. But then Joan Cusack, um, as this uh, character that is trying to marry and get rid of Fester for the Adamses' fortune, um, it's an incredible, incredible performance, and everything they do with um, Wednesday uh, going to a. Um, it's not quite a conservative Christian camp, but it's it's definitely Wednesday, like completely out of her element. And I feel like some of the like the cartoon that just came out, it kind of tries to make Wednesday like want to kind of be a part of like the world. And what's so great about Adam's family value is like she really doesn't like there's no part of it that she wants to be a part of. And so she just kind of has like this gleeful, um maniacal like desire to like she'll fit in if she can achieve her goals of just destroying everything about it. Um, and it's like, it's like one of those movies I feel like every line is better than anything I'll ever do. Um, and uh, for a long, yeah. And for a long time, I would not like list that as one of my favorite movies. Cause I was like, Oh, it's the Adams family sequel. Um, and then I felt like I have to just say how much I love the Adams family values. It's, it's funny you say, cause I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about it, cause it's been many years. And I'm going, yeah, I, I remember the second one being at least as good as the first one. But but I, I love I love her at camp so much. And I'm thinking that's from the first one. But yeah, that is one of the That was the second, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's, it's it's got all the great stuff. Remember, I saw it at um one of the downtown picture palaces here in LA that Sinespia back in the before times. Yeah. Would, would rent out. And it, they showed it for like Thanksgiving Eve. Or something because it's kind oh, of a perfect. Yes, because of the Thanksgiving movie and like Wednesday kind of goes on her like she's doing like a Thanksgiving presentation yeah. at camp, <laughs> um, and she's like starts going off the rails and the audience was just losing like it was just such a fun yeah movie memory and it just made the movie me love this movie um, even more and so I think partly I've been like nostalgic for like those kind of Sydnespia L.A movie theater kind of experiences that are, yeah. are so aren't we all <laughs> special and gone <laughs> um especially now like having like a, a daughter and like being excited to like she's 20 months now so she's not quite ready to understand what she's seeing um but like that excitement of like oh i'm gonna get to show her you know all these movies that i, I grew up loving and being really excited to show her the adams family movie yeah <laughs> yeah sure and to so, say, well, okay, but she'll be, she'll be, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get back to those screenings. We had John Wyatt on the show, uh, or in the early days, who, who runs an and who um, was responsible for the uh, Hollywood Forever screenings, which yeah, used to love those, you know. And, I know we went all the time, um, yeah, like both to the when they were at cemetery, and then also when they were they do like all the, the screenings in the theaters downtown yeah, for the, downtown the winter. Um, yeah. Is really and we stopped so when we, we had our our girl, um, but it was always something like you know we were really excited to get back into that with her because a lot of it was like family friendly kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Even, like the new Beverly Saturday matinees was like something I've been like I can't wait to like do yes. you know Saturday matinees with her when she's like four or five at the yeah. new and then yeah. it's like we're in they'll this be back. Country. They will be back. Yeah, at some point, you know. Kids Hopefully. need to learn that that's the best way to see something. So. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, that, I think that was. That's a I don't fantastic. Know, that I, that is a good, great. That's a very. It's, that's as, as unusual a list as we have had. Great. I'm trying to. The brood has certainly been discussed a couple of times I, on the I, show. I, that's I, about I it. Think, I don't think any of the other ones. Have been. I, yeah. Oh well, yeah. So so in the brood is the most like mainstream thing we've come up with. Oh cool. So. <laughs> I was just nervous that it was gonna like come on and just be like really basic and just because I, I have a lot of my favorite movies are like you know everyone else's favorite. Well, um, yeah, but we 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 we're glad you didn't do those. Yeah, <laughs> no, very glad you you dug deep and you you came back. Yeah, I feel like you've had a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson name drops and stuff, <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Parks and all those yeah. wonderful films, wonderful films. Oh yeah, but, uh, but um. Yeah, feels like in terms of the both the movies that have made me probably the the warped individual I am, but also the the filmmaker I am. I felt like those were like the ones that got you know poured into the when they when they when they see spontaneous, they will understand your choice. Yeah, and honestly, they all they all do kind of nicely. Uh, You can you can see the the connections there. 
in the best way. It's like, yeah, the person who made this would actually. <laughs> you you can see someone loving. Yeah. By the way, great double feature with Little Murders. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember I wanted to show. I was like, I wanted to show people that worked on the movie Little Murders, and then I was afraid that they were going to think I wanted it to be like Little Murders. Right. So you got to be careful when you do that. They, they 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 do think that you're trying to influence them if you do. Yeah. That. Yeah. I withheld, and then also it was like impossible to find. So. Um, I can't even remember what I showed Catherine now, but it wasn't Little Murder. Paddington <laughs> 2. In fact, speak, speaking of those old theaters, I remember going to see it. They showed it at CineFamily years ago, and Elliot Gould and uh, Jules Pfeiffer showed up to talk about it. Oh, and man. That was just an amazing, amazing evening. Um, I, um, I was supposed to adapt. Uh, he wrote a graphic novel called I Killed My Mother. Right, um, yeah, a couple years ago. And I was supposed to, I, I got hired by FX to write a pilot for it um and uh for like an animated show and i was really excited because i love jules Spiker. and then like i thought i was like gonna get on the phone with him and then it got canceled Ugh. um i was like oh no and then the project got canceled and i was like oh no like what happened and they were like jules was very upset that we hired you and i was like oh no like what did he read why and they were like Nothing about you. He just told us that he really felt like the only person that could tell the story right was Steven Soderbergh. And so he wouldn't bless anyone that wasn't Steven Soderbergh. And I was like, if I have to lose the job, I guess Jules Pfeiffer being like, it has to be Steven Soderbergh <laughs> to do an animation pilot who's never done animation. I was like, this is, I can, I can, I can hang with this. But that's as close as I've come to, to talking uh, to the genius. Yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. Uh, well, Brian, thank you thank so you much, man. By. This is, yeah, great, great work. And, and uh, even, even better work with a movie. If you haven't seen Spontaneous yet, please do. I really, you're, you're going to enjoy it. Um, it just, it just delivers. It's such a satisfying film. And I, I oh, thank you, man. don't thank want to give anything else away, but um, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're put off by a, not as scary as you think it might be. <laughs> if you're put off by something scary, just go with that. And if you're put off by a sort of like sweet, tender uh, teenage love story, don't worry. It's got gallons of blood and gore. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch like the first minute yeah and you like it you'll like the rest of it you're if you set, hate you're, it, set. It, you're gonna make it yeah. it, it sums it up nicely as a little trailer for the movie to come all right okay. man. well thank you Thanks. very much hey, thank um, you guys so much i really yeah, appreciate Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of trailersfromhell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Stay safe out there, folks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.